uh, special Monday after Christmas edition of the PFF forecast. This is traditionally the live post-Sunday night forecast, but we figured probably not a lot of people are going to hang out with us on Christmas evening uh, after what was a really sleepy game anyways. So we're doing a little pre-Monday night football instead. We're still going to have the regular cast of characters, myself, Brad, Ben Brown, uh, and Arjun, all the way from India. 4.30 in India. Um, we're going to do a little uh, Monday night football preview, and then we're going to guess the week 17 lines and pick our favorite bets. Let's rock. ask you guys um like any cool christmas stories but uh the question i'm going to ask you is did you guys watch the timeless christmas classic how quez watkins stole christmas because i am i don't know if i'll ever get over that i think it had as dramatic and and bad an impact on me as the grinch did on the the little who's down in whoville it was brutal well, this actually ties into that. I got a, This is a pretty funny. Uh, so I went to a Christmas party at a buddy's house, and they have a tradition which I didn't know about, where they actually convince the the minister of the local church in between sermons. He comes to their house and does like a mini Christmas sermon, so they don't have to leave. He can just stay in their house. Wow. We paused the. It was in Philadelphia. All Eagles fans, forty Eagles fans. We paused the game, and no one was allowed to look at their phone while it was happening. And then when Miles Sanders fumbled, there were some expletives were, were, were ringing around the house. But uh, it, it was a great night otherwise. I yeah, felt- I, I was on. Yeah, I was on early Cowboys. So that was a sweat, to be honest with you. But it was the, the challenges that Brad talks about as far as like watching football games on Christmas Day. It was just like something I never want to experience again. I, I feel like we should petition to have Christmas on Tuesdays and Wednesdays for the rest of my life, basically. So I don't know. That's, that's my only takeaway from that. Yeah. I actually get on board with that. I thought the Christmas Eve football was fun. The Christmas day football. I was like, yeah, I could kind of do without this, but, but I think you're right, Ben. Um, by the way, so it was Miles Sanders. I think there were two Quez Watkins, just, just terrible plays where he basically gave it was a George Bland or whoever it was that had a couple of picks. They gave him. Yeah. I mean, that was like, I thought that was a really good play by George Bland more than anything yeah, else. It was. I don't know. Our, our our editor John Oning had a really good, I think, like a tweet somewhere about it as well. But it was like it was that that those are the type of I would say cornerback plays you want to see actually. I would say happen or be able to be able to make right. So I feel vindicated though. It took all of that <laughs> chicanery for the Cowboys to win and cover. Um, So anyways, I'm trusting the process is what I have to say about that. Um, We have, uh, we're not going to spend too much time debriefing uh, the week that was because we're going to move on to Monday night football here. We have chargers and Colts. Nick Foles now starting for the Colts after uh, going from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger, now back to Matt Ryan. And then now to Nick Foles for some unknown weird reason. Um, it is currently Chargers minus three and a half. This one had been out to four and a half. It's now three and a half. Uh, Brad, Ben, do you guys have any idea why it's coming back down? Does this have anything to do with Nick Foles or are there other pieces to this? Well, I can't tell you. It's Nick Foles just so the Colts don't owe Matt Ryan some extra money next year. If he were to get hurt, they would wow. owe him a bunch of guarantees. So this is a purely financial decision. As for why people are betting on Nick Foles, that I cannot inform you of as to why that's occurring. <laughs> yeah, th- I mean, this is a, I wouldn't say this is going to be like 2017 vintage Nick Foles at this point. So maybe if you're in nostalgia, like that's the one side of it. But I, I very much think this is a Chargers smash spot. I know I'm going against Greenland a little bit about this one. And I am also kind of getting on uh, Brad Spielberger's like need for this to happen in a survivor league as well. So maybe like the combination of all these factors of us, like kind of coming together is the one reason why, you know, Nick Foles and the Colts can maybe get there. But uh, I, I very much think the Chargers are probably the only play here on Monday night. I, so it's interesting. I, I kind of have that same thought as well. Um, and I, I actually have some, some chargers i took them at four and i have i'm gonna take a little bit more of them at at three and a half i think there's this little bit of just chargersness that you get weird you know weirded out by them having to cover more than a field goal against like anybody 
Um, but, you know, the, the Nick Foles thing, the, the reason for playing him, I think is interesting, Brad. And this to me, like I would have kind of expected a little Nick Foles bump, you know, like, ah, oh, we've got, you know, this guy that just he's willing to throw, you know, while getting his lungs pierced through by a linebacker on a blitz and like, you know, how, how inspiring that is because, you know, Matt Ryan's been getting torched under pressure all year. I think he had like a 25 passer rating under pressure. Um, but I, I'm not sure that you're going to get that here. <laughs> and given that they're benching him for monetary reasons, I'm not sure that's going to raise the morale of your team. Um, you also have what I think is an interesting dynamic here, which is that um, you have a huge, I, I know Brandon Staley's been catching a lot of like flack and stuff, but a huge disparity, I think, from a coaching uh, right. standpoint, not to mention the quarterback um, standpoint. But I actually think, to me, the plays that I like most are, are on the prop side of things. So I'll get to those in a little bit. But Brad... Um, we realize that you have some some Chargers uh, liability in your Survivor League. So are yeah, you I wish we didn't that? broach this. I, th- I think we may have just put some bad juju on the old, the old Survivor League. But, hey, we're, we're pulling for the Chargers tonight. Week 16, there's three teams left, one guy on the Bucks, and then two of us are on the Chargers. So Chargers ML, it's all we need. Um, you mentioned the under earlier this week. It's come down. You got some good CLV, but I think a full field goal now. Uh, we took it at 47 and a half. I think it's 44 and a half right now. So mm. obviously Nick Foles helps with that a little bit, but it was good to see, you know, some, some good moving line, uh, closing line value on a total. You, you don't get that every day. Yeah. And this game, obviously it's in Indy, which is going to be very, very cold, light snow, but that this game is indoors. So that's not going to matter. You know, anyone cares about that, that kind of thing. Um, looking at some of the, the player props, um, are there any particulars that you, that you like, Ben, that you've already bet or are going to bet. Yeah, so this is, it's kind of interesting because like you said, I do think the Chargers are going to be up early. Uh, maybe we get some like weird Chargers happenings in the third and fourth quarter, but it is a game that I expect them to at least lead somewhat comfortably, especially in the first half. So I do, you know, outside of the prop market, I do like the Chargers minus two and a half first half number. Like you said, mm-hmm. it, this isn't an expectation where they have to cover a field goal or more differential and, and kind of going back to the co- coaching discrepancy, right? Like, uh, you know, Brandon Staley, for all intents and purposes, has been pretty poor from a fourth down decision making, but has very much been able to, I would say, kind of scheme a defense to shut down, you know, the opposing passing attack. Colt's second worst, uh, you know, EPA on scripted pass plays so far this season. I think that's kind of an indictment on, you know, Jeff, Jeff Saturday and the rest of the coaching staff just not really being capable of kind of developing a, play, uh, you know, initial game plan from scripted plays to kind of be successful. So maybe that changes with Nick Foles, but I expect the Chargers to be out early. So minus two and a half. I also think Zach Moss, you know, it was the kind of the guy or has kind of been the the feature back from the Indianapolis Colts perspective. I do think Deion Jackson is very much, you know, the, the, the passing down back, but I think they're still going to try and get Zach Moss reps. So if he is in there, uh, you know, with with the Colts kind of, I would say, a, a little bit, you know, a down, a touchdown or more. Uh, I think him to go over 8.5 receiving yards is a spot that you can definitely get on board with. He did play, you know, a much higher percentage of offensive snaps, higher routes run, you know, last week than Deion Jackson. So he's going to have some opportunities, especially if the Colts are down. So I like him to go over 8.5 receiving yards. And then, you know, going to the Chargers side of things, I think it very much depends on, you know, a, a, a skill position unit that's probably going to be, as healthy as it's been all season and how you kind of, you know, uh, project out those snaps and targets to kind of break down from the Chargers perspective. I think there might be some opportunity, you know, on a guy like Donald Parham or even DeAndre Carter uh, for an anytime touchdown, like a plus 1000 price or higher. So, you know, you're getting 10 to one on your money on those two guys to one of them to probably get in the end zone. I think that's going to be the matchup kind of in that slot tight end position where the Chargers are going to have the most success throwing the football. So I, I like one of those two guys to, uh, you know, either go over the receiving yardage number or also probably, you know, find the end zone from an anytime touchdown perspective. What about you, Brad? Yeah. So first off, I love the angle on the slot receivers for the Chargers. No Kenny Moore tonight for the Colts. Uh, but also really like you're, you're mentioning the, the game script, and that plays into my favorite prop of the night. Uh, and that is Michael Pittman over five and a half catches. So I wrote this up preseason, actually. He just cashed it last week, the over 85 and a half receptions. He now has 86. Uh, because the reason I loved it, one reason, was Matt Ryan just peppers his number one target. Had 140 more or more targets in five straight seasons. 
um, coming into last year to his number one option. And obviously Pittman is the best guy on this team. And Foles is a similar player. I looked it up when he had Allen Robinson, we had Alshon Jeffrey. He throws anticipatorily. I think I've said that two weeks in a row now. Still not sure if it's a word yet. But um, he likes to throw with anticipation. He likes to trust his big body guy to go up, make plays in the football, back shoulder stuff. Just, you know, let that guy make a play. I think Michael Pittman is going to have 12, 15 targets tonight uh, because they will be down. You know, I, I expect them to be down in the game. So that's my favorite prop for tonight. I was going to roll with that one as well, Brad, but I, I like that, um, you know, thinking about kind of the soft spots in the in the Colts defense. The Colts outside corners are amazing. You can see this on PFF.com, PFF Plus subscription, on the PFF app. Um, but the outside receivers, Gilmore and Rodgers, both top 10 graded corners right. this year. Uh, I think probably the maybe the missing, or not missing piece, but what people are not thinking about with the Colts is like, oh, great coverage unit. But they do really have great outside coverage. In the slot without Kenny Rogers, going to be relying on Julian Blackman, has a 60.8 PFF coverage grade. And you look at Keenan Allen, there's 62.5 receiving yards. Um, I think, you know, right now, five and a half receptions, like minus 158, if you want to bet the over. So I'm going, I'm going to steer away from that and go and take the, the uh, receiving yards for him, but also like the Pittman angle as well. Um, in this game, uh, I think it's a really like, especially thinking about um, Nick Foles here, like you go, like, oh, man, I remember when Nick Foles used to play, you know, games that like mattered and he was decent. And like the one thing that I have in my mind is him just throwing hospital balls up to Alshon Jeffrey for the Eagles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like there's a little bit of, uh, uh, of Alshon Jeffrey and Michael Pittman with their length and like kind of ability to just, you know, go up and make plays. So I, I think that's going to be where Foles will uh, will land. Um, it's also interesting, you know, some, some value on Zach Moss, but also conversely some value on some Deion Jackson unders. Um, you know, if you go and look at the PFF props tool, for example, those are some of the plays that, that we like as well. Um, Ben, when you were looking, uh, you run, you run the simulation, obviously, uh, for members of the printing press, we're working on a play-by-play simulation. Ben heads that research up and it's really, really cool stuff, but any kind of tidbits or or things in there, Ben, that, that you wanted to point out? Yeah, I mean, it it, it kind of goes back to the DeAndre Carter, you know, uh, Donald mm-hmm. Parham, like, uh, touchdown situation. Obviously, DeAndre Carter isn't going to be getting the snaps that he was even two weeks ago. Very much like a, a, a much higher, you know, um, you know, threshold for him to actually get on the field as the fourth receiver for the Chargers. But he was at, you know, a 20% snap share last week. That's kind of where we had it from, you know, a, a, you know, a play-by-play simulation kind of projection out. So if he kind of maintains that, him to, you know, get an anytime touchdown, him to go over his receiving yards numbers as well, because he did have, I would say, uh, I think it was two targets basically last week, even on a very limited, uh, you know, routes run percentage. So he's the guy that, you know, when he is on the field, he is going to get those manufactured targets. And I know we've all talked about it, but very much like where they're going to attack uh, this Indianapolis Colts defense or defense, I would say is kind of on the inside interior over the middle. I think, you know, a, a Carter manufactured target, especially near or in the red zone uh, could very much pay off dividends. So that's kind of what we're seeing. Uh, it, it, you know, the play-by-play simulation is very pro Los Angeles chargers. I would say outright tonight. I think they have it, okay. you know, closer to a median Good expectation news, of them winning by, you know, minus six, minus six and a half or something. So uh, it very much was, you know, that was the one thing opposite of green line, very much on the market. I would say from, um, you know, uh, over under, I think we're at basically like 45 is the mean expectation for that. So, uh, it, it expects kind of a Chargers victory. For my money, where I'm playing that is Chargers minus two and a half. But I think anything from that perspective is, you know, probably I would say best case scenario for how you want to allocate some of those dollars here tonight. What What are the odds on uh, DeAndre Carter anytime touchdown? So if you look, I, I think BetMGM had him at plus 950. I think if you shop around a little bit more, there's like some plus 1,000s out there. Um, I, I know people hate it when you say plus 1,000. So 10 to 1 basically on DeAndre Carter, I think was the best price I saw it at. Donald Parham as well, 31% snap share last week. You know, obviously, you know, Gerald Everett's going to be, you know, heavily involved. But I still think, you know, we're going to see him probably get some opportunities at, uh, you know, as well. I think his best number plus 1100, you know, 11 to one on your money for him to get an anytime touchdown. So either one of those guys, not a high, I would say, you know, volume of, you know, opportunities, but I think they're going to have the valuable opportunities. So those are two guys that I really like here tonight. You know, it's interesting. Um, the, the kind of shopping around for prices and stuff like that. 
um, we did some research on, you know, kind of the things that betters need the most that they're like the least kind of satisfied with in the market in terms of products that are out there. And thing that, something that surprised me was how uh, much people, and these are particularly like kind of PFF, people that use PFF members of the printing press, right. I should say, the ability to kind of find the best odds for a particular bet. And so, you know, it's something that we mention a lot. There's some good tools out there. Um, the PFF tool is one that will be getting better with that over time. But, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I expected people to be not very price sensitive because this is America. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh but it's a good it's a good point um okay so brad are you hedging emotionally physically monetarily what do you what's your are you going to watch the game are you going to like drink heavily and not watch the game what's your plan small play on, on the colts ml big play on one of my favorite christmas gifts is those uh spherical ice cubes i got from a from a you know you, you put you know so some bourbon some bourbon will be uh consumed to kind of you know ease ease our way through the the, uh, the, end of the night <laughs> uh bourbon of choice well all i have right now is maker's mark but we, we could have we could do a whole podcast on on, on uh you know bougie bourbons but a nice maker's mark always gets the job done Bougie bourbons, I think that would be a hit. Maybe we'll save that for some off-season content. Perfect. <laughs> um, all right, Ben, uh, appreciate you. Ben Brown, at PFF underscore Ben Brown. You can follow him. All the great content, both on Twitter and PFF.com. He's a fantastic resource and uh, a man of the uh, of the people you can find at the Minnesota Vikings whiteout near you. There we ben, go. thanks so there much for hanging out. Thank you. We'll talk to you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All righty, we're going to bring Arjun on in just a second. But before we do, I uh, want to tell you guys about something. Maybe you got some Christmas cash. I don't know what uh, everyone's situation is like out there. But you should use it to sign up for a PFF Plus subscription. Now is a great time. The playoffs are coming in, so you can benefit from all the betting tools that we have. If you're still in your fantasy playoffs and you somehow met, made it there without PFF, go get yourself a PFF Plus subscription. Promo code FORECAST, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T, gets you 25% uh, off. Um, and you can use it on the app and on pff.com. So go make that happen. Also, I should remind everybody that uh, just because you can't bet on sports in your state doesn't mean that you can't actually put money down on something to happen in a sporting bet with Brothrow. Brothrow, um, some members of the printing press use Brothrow. I think a guy named Jim on, uh, on Twitter, was, yeah, Jim Mullins, I want to say is his name, Brad, who's uh, great about tagging the people that are kind of giving him some uh, – some good picks and he's cleaning up. He is uh, pr literally printing out there, which is kind of cool yeah. to see. And he's doing it on Brothrow. So Brothrow is just a, a basically an exchange. You bet against other people. You don't pay a VIG. So you bet $100, you win $100. Um, and you can kind of set the lines too. Like if you want to bet Chargers, you know, minus four and a half, plus 150 or something like that, you can throw it on there and someone will take your bet. And if you win, you win. You get paid out in Venmo, Cash App, whatever it is. So go to brothrow.com uh, slash PFF to sign up. You need that link in order to do so. Um, highly recommend have used it and have been paid out every single time, which uh, I'm sure everyone is like, do you get paid out? Yes, you get paid out. Uh, last but not least, before we get to uh, Arjun here, we have uh, our good friends at Western and Southern. If you got um, yourself maybe a little bit, uh, some Christmas cash you want to save up for a house or like anything else, go to westernsouthern.com slash PFF. They'll put you on a game plan to achieve the financial goal that you are setting for yourself for 2023. So, Go to westernsouthern.com slash PFF and make that happen. All right, Arjun, your Chargers are playing tonight. Um, you are about as far away from where the Chargers are playing as you could possibly get. You are in Mumbai, India. It's like 4.30, 4.45 over there. Um, welcome. And have you brought your Chargers fandom with you? Are there going to be a big group of people watching with you in a bar somewhere? What's the, what's the vibe over there? Yeah, um, I mean, football never stops, never sleeps. So, you know, being asked to do the podcast, being, you know, having the game basically at like 630 in the morning, I was all for it. Um, so, I mean, it's just going to be me. I don't even think my, my family is going to be awake while I'm watching the game. Uh, so I hope I don't wake them up. I don't usually like scream or talk a lot during Chargers games. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll probably just tweet through it or something. But I'm surprised by that, by the way. I, I see you as like a, as a stand and yell at the TV type of guy. Which I Depen am as well. well. Yeah, I think it depends who I watch it with. But if I'm watching it alone, I, I you know, I just, I'll just tweet through it. But, tweet through but it. yeah, I mean, it, India doesn't have that big of a American football fan base, so I can't really go out and and share the uh, the fandom with anyone else. 
There are a few uh, members of the PFF team, actually, uh, yeah. in addition to yourself, that are in India. And um, they're, uh, they've been doing a really nice job on the PFF fantasy leagues that we have. Um, very quick learners, I must, I must add. And uh, I, I, like, it's really cool to see different cultures kind of pick up, um, you know, the game of football. And so hopefully you're doing your part while you're out there. I can see that you are by wearing the, the vintage PFF logo over there. Um, I could sit here and ask you like tons of questions about uh, Indian cuisine, which is like, you know, one of my favorites, but I won't, I will spare the printing press here and we'll move on to guess the lines for week 17. So here's what we did because we're like a day later, most people have probably looked uh, at the lines already. So what we did is we guessed the lines, we put them in our, our sheet. What I will do is I will read them out. And uh, then we're just gonna go and kind of see if anyone has a bet that they like to place, starting with the person that has the biggest differential in, uh, in their guess. So we'll start off, Dallas, Tennessee is on Thursday night. This one is in Nashville. Um, I, had, uh, <laughs> I had Dallas by 13 and a half, Brad uh, had them by 10 and Arjun by 11 actual line is nine and a half um so before i decide to say whether i'm gonna bet or not brad is this saying that there's a chance Tannehill comes back i'm assuming malik willis right it's gonna be malik willis i don't think derrick henry is gonna play i don't think jeffrey simmons is gonna play the only thing that matters for them is week 18 they actually did this a couple of years ago they arrested derrick henry week 17 one time so yeah that's i think part of it as well yeah okay that was my assumption as well i saw the derrick henry news so um yeah i will take uh, I'll take Dallas at, as a nine and a half point favorite on the road here, um, especially, you know, with like Philadelphia, you know, it doesn't look like I don't think Jalen Hurts going to play again um, uh, or at least this coming week. So I will roll with the Cowboys. Arjun, what about you? Um, I'm yeah, I think I'm going to lay off. I feel like like Vrabel he does seem like the type of coach to like get his players ready, like, and, and be able to like cover these big spreads. We saw something similar to uh, Titans, Kansas city uh, a couple weeks ago on, on prime time where they covered like 14 and a half or 13 or something. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that the Titans are like a good team anymore. I definitely have some Jags AFC South tickets that I think I, I feel pretty confident about now, but I, I think, I think Vrabel is, like if he has a whole week to kind of, or like a short week, I think he could be up there in terms of game planning for this Dallas offense, which has been on a, on a tear recently with Dak Prescott. So laying off. Do you think one. he can teach Malik Willis how to throw drop back to pass <laughs> throw football? <laughs> days, right, right. You know, the only thing that I will say about the, the Tennessee Titans and their offense is that it's going to be really funny to see Malik Willis last longer with his team than Zach Wilson. I just think that's going to be pretty funny. Uh, Chicago, <laughs> uh, Brad is not betting on this one. Chicago Bears, uh, Brad's team, going to Detroit to play the Lions. Um, I had this as uh, Lions by four and a half. Brad had them by six and a half. Arjun by five and a half. It is Lions by five and a half. Brad, are you betting on this at all? So I'm not going to take the Bears here. Um, the Lions obviously got ran all over against Carolina, and that's what Chicago does, right? You get Khalil Herbert back from injury. He looked pretty good in the game against Buffalo, at least in the early going. Justin Fields is still Justin Fields. So I just don't like the matchup. I'm sure Detroit will win the game, but I'm not comfortable laying that many points. You're sure Detroit will win the game. Okay, that's a bold statement. Uh, I'm going to lay off as well. I, I don't love that, that matchup, um, to your point. Um, and RG, you are laying off this one as well. Arizona and Atlanta going to uh, Atlanta. Desmond Ritter uh, playing in his third game uh, for Arizona. Is this going to be Colt McCoy, Brad? That's what I assume. But check. I think I it's possible. Could also be Trace McSorley. Uh, you know, so is, if there, is there's much of a difference there, I, I couldn't tell you. Man, Colt's a little better, I guess. Yeah. Man. All right. Uh, Arjun and Brad, both you guys both have this at uh, minus three. I had Atlanta as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. They are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I, I'm going to lay off this one, um, even though I, I'm, I'm well short here. Uh, I do think if push came to shove, I would take the Cardinals getting, getting three-and-a-half points. Um, I mean, Atlanta's not a very good team here. Uh, but the uncertainty, if, if I knew Colt McCoy was going to play, I'm taking them plus three-and-a-half. Without that knowledge, I'm going to lay off. Either of you guys making moves on this one? 
No, let's, I'm just I'm waiting to talk about some football with some NFL caliber teams. We're, we're okay. getting there. We're yeah. getting there. <laughs> All right, we'll, can, we'll go lightning round here. We we get one NFL caliber team in the next uh, okay. in the next game, which is Denver, yeah. Kansas City. Um, I have uh, Kansas City by twelve and a half. Brad has them by seventeen and a half. Arjun by fourteen, and the line is Kansas City by thirteen and a half. Uh, so I'll start with you, Brad, if you have any plays here. You're furthest off, I think. Yeah, so I do think this, this spread is short. We, we I was a little bit short when the Chiefs were laying 17 and a half a couple weeks ago against I forget who. But, uh, I mean, the Broncos, obviously they had the defense top five in e-paper play allowed on the season, but they gave up yesterday as well. So now the entire team has given up. The only reason I'm not betting it, uh, you know, the, the new coaching change and all that, I, I don't think Hackett was the favorite guy in the building. So I'll avoid for that reason. But – Kansas City still has everything to play for, trying to get the number one seed from Buffalo. It's a divisional rivalry. The Broncos talk a lot of smack, even though I haven't beaten them in like six years. I want to take it, but you know, I'll avoid the uh, the new head coach bump. Yeah, I, again, I don't think Hackett was the problem. So uh, <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think it was the solution either, though. <laughs> yeah. Someone posted a video of him mic'd up at Packers practice, and like someone should have watched this before. Uh, before hiring him, and it was it was not great. Um, I'm gonna lay, I'm laying off to Arjun, you as well. Yeah, laying off. All right, Miami, New England in New England. Uh, I had this as a pick. Brad, you had New England getting two and a half, and Arjun, you had New England favored by one. Brad, you're furthest off again here, so I'll go to you. Yeah, so I will say I thought Tua Tagovailoa was going to be playing in this game. He's now back in concussion protocol, and based on how his season has gone, you'd imagine if he is found to have you know sustained a concussion, they probably will not play him. Teddy Bridgewater slash Skylar Thompson against this Patriots defense, I don't love. So, yeah, that's why I was off. If it was Tua, I would have liked Miami a lot. I think fading New England has been profitable for us for the past couple of weeks now. Their defense is... I mean, look, they are still first team paper play allowed, but you break it down by quarterback they're going up against, and it, it, things change, uh, which is the case for all defenses. But nevertheless, without Tua, you know, I'm not going to take it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same here as well. If it was Tua, I mean, obviously I would like this as a uh, as a teaser leg, um, despite how bad he looked uh, yesterday. Um, Arjun, you doing anything with this one? I, I mean – I kind of so the the over under for this game is 43, 43 and a half at some books juice towards the under. I I would definitely lean um, under here. Uh, Belichick is going to go against Tyreek and Waddle for the second time, so I think he'll be better in game planning against them. I know Tyreek kind of I think at like eight catches, ninety three yards or something like that in their first matchup, um, and I know like Belichick's like coaching has been like a hot topic for some reason even though they're like top three or like Brad said, first in the EPA per play allowed. And while I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is like a young rookie quarterback that will struggle versus Belichick, assuming he's the one that's starting. Um, I don't think Mac Jones is the, the guy to take advantage of this pretty bad Dolphins secondary or, and um, I, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think Teddy and like the rest of the group are going to be able to overcome Belichick who I think, I mean, I don't think they had the best game against the Bengals, and I was definitely sweating minus three and a half. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I do like the under here, and uh, in that like divisional late season game, I think I think Belichick will have a good game plan. And again, I don't think Mac Jones will take advantage of Dolphins secondary. So under is the play. Yeah, I, I do think if it was um, uh, Teddy, I still think the Dolphins are teaser material. Uh, Indy playing tonight. They play in New York against the Giants next weekend. I have Giants by three, Brad by four and a half, and Arjun had the Giants by three and a half. It is on the nose, three and a half. Um, I'm laying off this one being only half point off. But Brad, you're a full point. You roll with the G-men. Yep, I'm on the G-men here. Uh, they had 6.8 yards per play against Minnesota to Minnesota's five. They were the better football team, I think, in that game. And you're also seeing their young pass rush duo. Uh, Aziz Ojolari had a sack in the game. Kevon Thibodeau was disruptive again. And then their interior with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams right now is just playing some phenomenal football. So I think it's too short. Um, the Colts obviously have had their issues with their tackles all season long. I'm assuming it's Nick Foles again. They're going to blitz as the Giants always do. And he's very, very bad against the blitz. Um, has been for a while. So, yeah, I, I love that spot for the G-Men. 
I Wick Martindale, yeah, he's gonna blitz a lot. Um so that could be that could be a bit of an issue. Uh all right, New Orleans, Philly. Uh this one is in Philadelphia. I was really interested what you guys were gonna have on this. Um, because I went kind of back and forth. I, I started like seven and a half and then I went to six and a half and I netted out at seven. We all three had Philly by seven. It is Philly by six and a half. Um Assuming this is Gardner once again, I don't think it, it really – I mean, if Jalen were to come back a little early, um, I, I'm not sure that's changing anything for me. Um, I, I'm tempted here. Can anyone, anyone want to, like, talk me into uh, the Eagles, Arjun? Uh, I can't really talk you into the Eagles. Like, I, normally, like, I would have made this line, like, seven and a half, eight, even with Gardner Minshew. But mm-hmm. I think um, not having Lane Johnson, that's big. And Saints, like, I mean, for what it's worth, I've been playing, like, deep, like good football recently. Um, I know they they lost the Bucks game on, like, Monday night, like, a couple weeks ago. But, like, even that game, like, they were the better team. I think not having Lane Johnson's kind of big. I know Andre Dillard is one of the better swing tackles in the league. But I posted this graph the other day. Like, no offensive lineman gets left, left on islands, like, with no help or double teams more than Lane Johnson. And he's the best at – succeeding like having a high success rate per pff grades in those situations so you can't just replace him and not expect there to be some drop off so i get a little bit worried about that and now that the saints have a a week of film on gardner Minshew against a pretty solid cowboys defense like i think the saints defense is like kind of good enough to to slow down this eagles offense so i'm not talking myself into the saints i just there is some some worry for me about taking the saints at six and a half but i i think they're a good teaser like especially even if it's not like a standard wong teaser i think you know teasing them down to like basically a pick would not be that bad of an option yeah Vontae maddox to hurt too oh, right? uh, go ahead. i was just gonna say that maddox Avante maddox got hurt in this game too right? also out yeah for the foreseeable yeah. future so slot corner and you know like you said i mean maybe the best right tackle in the nfl probably the best right tackle in the nfl the one thing i will say george which I learned last week, and boy, am I glad I did. We have a good idea of what guys are not going to play or are going to play coming into games, but as long as there's still speculation, and there's going to be with Hurts all this week too, just like there was last week, the spreads still move when it becomes official. So mm-hmm. when we bet on Wednesday it was five or five and a half for Philly, it actually did get to six when they officially said, all right, Gardner Minshew is now the starter. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. going to be Jalen Hurts, even though we knew that the entire time. So – I think that if you want to play Philly, I would wait all week and I would bet you it gets down from six and a half to six or five and a half or something like that. Um, Cam Jordan does rush on the side where Lane Johnson is usually. So, you know, the defense there gets you know a bit of a, a boost. Um, but, yeah, I would say if you like the Eagles, just wait until it's officially Gardner Minshew and you might get a point, point and a half of value. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Carolina, Tampa Bay. The game, uh, I guess, sort of for the uh, the division <laughs> – which is just crazy to think about. Um, Tampa Bay got through for our teaser. They needed the teaser points last night against the great Trace McSorley. Uh, Carolina kicked the crap out of the Detroit Lions. So it, shocking to say, Carolina more impressive in their victory last week than Tom Brady and the Bucks. Um, I had the Bucks still favored by four and a half, Brad by three and a half, and Arjun just by three, which is exactly what the spread is. Um, so I'll, I'll kick this one off. I, I'm the furthest away here at, at four and a half. Um, I, I, do, I feel like a, a broken record now saying that, oh, you know, like I actually do have faith in the Bucks. I do have faith in the Bucks, And, you know, Tom Brady's going to figure it out. If you need last second miracles to beat Trace McSorley, I, I cannot continue. I just can't do it anymore. You know, it's just not worth it at all. So I'm laying off this. I respect the market here. I think it's ridiculous that, that Carolina is within a field goal of, of Tampa Bay, but that's Tampa Bay's fault. This is not like I, you know, I'm, you know, Carolina's some amazing team. So um, I'm passing on this as well. I need to get some bets on the board, but this is not going to be uh, where I do it. Either of you guys going to make a play here? No. <laughs> so I have a, a play, a uh, player prop. He's been not doing anything recently, but he's been getting the opportunity, and that's Mike Evans. Just hasn't really capitalized. There's been some drops, you know, focus drops, stuff like that. So J.C. Horn, not going to play in this game, broke his wrist, might come back for the end of the season, but not going to play. I, and I think, look, Tristan Wirfs re-aggravated his ankle, probably doesn't play in this game, and Josh Wells, I think, tore his ACL, unfortunately, so he's out for the year. So here, third string right tackle at this point. I think it'll be a lot of quick outs. They've been giving Evans some of those screens, just trying to get him involved. 
Um, I would look for his receptions prop on the outside, not getting a J.C. Horn matchup. Uh, that's that's the only angle. And, and honestly, part of the angle, too, is the game script's going to be good because they're not going to have a multi-score lead against this Carolina mm. Panthers team because they're just not good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Cleveland and Washington. Uh, I had Washington um, uh, getting two and a half points here. Brad had them as a one and a half point favorite. Arjun had them as a three point favorite. We're all over the place here. Um, Arjun, you uh, are totally on the other side of me here. So I'll actually start with you um, and whether there's a play that you like, but kind of just hearing your logic here. Yeah, I mean, so like, I don't, I don't think Deshaun has been particularly good um, so far this year, but I also recognize his last two games have been like just games where it's it's tough for any quarterback to be efficient, like playing in that type of rain and snow uh, or wind versus the Browns. And then the week before, like it, it's just tough. And like he was still more efficient per EPA per play than the other quarterback. So it's not like he was like a worse quarterback in that matchup. I just think it's like it's tough to really get a gauge on like where he is as, as a quarterback right now. I do like teasing the Browns at to eight and a half. Um, again, if if Washington beats this Browns team uh, by more than a touchdown, and after the whole after the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, like I think that that's just not. I, I just don't know like how how that really happens, but um, yeah, I think I think the Browns like I, I I like them teased out to eight and a half, and I mean this will probably be like Deshaun's like first like regular game since the Texans game, like in terms of weather, and I don't know, the Commanders' defensive line is great. But the Browns also have a pretty good offensive line to counter that. And extending Jack Conklin a couple of days ago, I think, you know, they, they should have some success, um, you know, at least handling the trenches on the off- offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I could have said it better myself. Uh, all my thoughts exactly. They're a teaser like for me as well. Um, they had a weird game. Miles Garrett, like, didn't start. And there's some drama there. But I think it's more just maybe probably missed a meeting or something. I don't think it's anything larger than that. But I think they have something to prove, too. I think they need to win a couple games. I know that the season doesn't technically matter, but – Deshaun trying to get the rust off, all those things. Um, I think it's a, a great teaser like for sure. Yeah, I'll tease it as well. Um, I, I'm tempted to just play the game uh, outright, but all the points about Deshaun Watson are completely valid. He has a 23 pass rating under pressure, which is awful. But the thing I'm even more concerned about is when kept clean, and they have a great offensive line, and that's why I think that the Browns should be favored in this game. He has an 84 pass rating. That's horrible. <laughs> the fact that, I mean, any good quarterback in the NFL has a 100-plus pass rating from a clean pocket. That's just standard. This is the year of our Lord, 2022. And um, Deshaun Watson has been terrible. So I, I'm going to wait to kind of bet them outright, you know, consistently until I see that happen. But I agree. I mean, a game in which the opposing team still can't figure out which quarterback of their terrible quarterbacks to play, like, does not a favorite make, in my opinion. So – um, I, I think his line is, is, is sort of flipped, and um, I, I love the Browns' teaser leg. Uh, I think I'd consider them uh, ATS as well. Uh, all right, Jacksonville and Houston. By the way, someone in the chat, let me get their uh, their name right here. Um, I can't find it. They, they said, are the Broncos worse than the Texans? That's that Ben Hedman. Thank you. Shout ben out Ben Hedman. Hedman. Yeah. Uh, member of the printing press. I think that's a <laughs> potentially a valid question. Uh, that's how bad the Broncos are. Um, but uh, anyways, it is uh, it is Jacksonville in Houston. Um, I had the Houston Texans getting seven points at home. Brad had them getting six and a half. And Arjun, you were the closest. You had them getting five. It is just four uh, here in uh, in Houston. Now, is the reason for this that this game doesn't really matter for Jacksonville? Is that again the kind of thing with with Tennessee it not really mattering until they're their the only week, thing uh, that Jacksonville or Tennessee can do to make the playoffs is to beat the opponent in Week 18. Nothing else matters, so I think that is why this this spread is so short. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lay off, even though I think this is kind of ridiculous. Houston is is just so terrible, and, and the fact that they beat Malik Willis should not be lauded. Um, but I'm going to lay off just because I think Jacksonville, you know, they could do some crazy stuff. Like they could pull Trevor Lawrence in this game and it wouldn't surprise me, you know, whatsoever. Um, and, uh, you know, that, I guess we're looking at Sunday night football week 18, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Tennessee has played in that game. It feels like every single year, um, any plays for you, let's go to you, Arjun. Yeah. I mean, I, I still like the Jags here. Like I, I think 
it's tough to really like under like like you said like predict what's going to happen for jacksonville maybe if they have guys who are like limited in practice like they just won't play them out right but i don't know if they're like they'll particularly just pull a player um i know like doug peterson with his like philly background like has like some sports science stuff involved there um you know he is like analytically driven so i'm, I'm sure you know he he's kind of like thinking about all of the situations um, before the game. The the one reason I did like a play, I still think the Jags like go hard in this game because they still have an outside shot as, as the seventh seed. I think, you know, um, Timo Riske, data scientist here, had them at, a, at about like a 2% chance to make the seventh, the playoffs as the seventh seed. So I'm not saying it's complete, like it's not out of the realm, like weird stuff happens in the NFL all the time. And yeah, I mean, the Texans have like definitely outperformed their, their talent level. I think they've covered, um, in, in, in like three straight weeks against some pretty good teams and obviously one outright against the Titans. But another reason I like this game, the three main coverages the Texans like to run are cover one, cover two, and cover three. Uh, against cover one, Trevor Lawrence averages a 0.376 EPA per play, which is like one of the best in the NFL, versus cover two, 0.08, which is above the league average, versus cover three, 0.12. So he's extremely efficient throwing the ball against all of the Texans' major coverages. And again, like unless they're really sitting guys like Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones, I don't really see the way the Texans defense is going to stop this Jags offense. So, yeah, I, I am going to take um, Jacksonville minus four in this game. It's a good matchup. Yeah, you've, you've almost talked me into it. Plus, I mean, George, your favorite guy, CJ Beathard in the fold, if they do, mm. you know, go to him. So you, you've almost <laughs> convinced me. I'm going to stay away, not just so I don't jinx your play, but you've, you've sold me. Yeah, we win and we lose as a team. So. Uh, a win for Arjun is a win for the squad. So I'm going to do the same thing. Um, I like that rationale. Let's go to uh, Niners and Raiders, the former Battle of the Bay that's being played in Las Vegas, which I'm sure the Niner Nation will show up for in, in full support. I expect <laughs> uh, expect no different. Um, it was funny. Looking back last week, I, I had some really big discrepancies from a line perspective. I think I had the Niners favored by 12 in that game against the Commanders. Uh, so I'm glad they, they pulled through and got the W because I bet them. Um, and I'm kind of similarly not, not quite as far off, but I crossed seven here. I have the Niners favored by seven and a half, Brad by six and a half, Arjun by seven. I'm going to bet the Niners uh, once again here. I, I just think this is a phenomenal matchup for them the Raiders defense is going to get pushed around in this game um and the Niners just continue to be dominant both from a pass rush perspective and from a um a pass block and, and run block perspective so um I think this is a really good matchup for them um their car has been so 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 bad this year and uh you know I don't expect it to get, this is not like a get right spot um in fact I think this is a could be get out of town spot um in, uh, in a situation where, you know, the Niners at 11 and four, 10 and five against the spread, but you know, it's not as if they would need, I guess the Eagles to like totally melt down. Um, uh, but even then I'm not sure if they'd win the tiebreaker. So uh, they're kind of still playing for that second seed um, here, but here's the something crazy. Brock Purdy, 71.8 PFF grade, Derek Carr, 66.6. Passering from a clean pocket, Derek Carr, 92.1. Brock Purdy, 113.7. That's what I alluded to earlier. This is uh, the Kyle Shanahan offense. And in Kyle Shanahan's offense, I will trust. So I'm going to rock with the Niners. What about you guys? I'm rolling with the Niners as well. Uh, Brock Purdy led the offense 7.3 yards per play this past week. Best in the entire NFL against a good commander's defense. Um, I mean, they're just – I think these these spreads and also totals too. So – over under 44 and a half here. I know the Raiders just scored 10 points against the Steelers, but I don't hate the, the over here also. I think the Niners will score maybe that by themselves, um, but I think we'll all see some desperation from Carr. He threw three picks last week, so he'll, you know, Jonathan Daniels said today in his press conference, we haven't gotten enough production out of our passing game. Like, we, we, he basically was trying to not call out Derek Carr, but was clearly calling out Derek Carr the entire time. So, um, we've all been there, right? So, um, so, yeah, so I, I like the over here as well, but I, I'm joining you officially on the, on the Niners uh, spread. Yeah, we're going to we're going to make this a squad ride uh, San, or San Francisco for the Battle of the Bay um, there. I just again, there is no real weakness on this 49ers team. Brock Birdie, like you said, has been playing very, very well. And again, the, the Raiders secondary is, is pretty bad. 
Um, I know the Steelers only scored 13 points, but they also missed two field goals, which, you know, kind of driving, I feel like, the whole game. Um, the strength of the Raiders is their edge group, and now they probably won't have Chandler Jones. I believe he had that elbow injury, and he got ruled yeah. out pretty quickly. Yeah, he's out. Um, so, you know, Max Crosby is going to be lining up over Mike McGlinchey, not Trent Williams. And, you know, Trent Williams is obviously, like, the better of the two, but McGlinchey is still one of the better tackles in the league. And the, like you said, the Niners still have something to play for, according to Timo. Um, they have a 38.5% chance to clinch the two seed and then a 58.1% chance to stay as the three seed. So I think all signs point towards the Niners offense being able to succeed in this game and the Raiders offense. I mean, like, I don't know what, like, I, there's just nothing they're good at that, like, wants me, like, keeps me engaged in, like, betting them at all. Traverius Ward um, has been grading out tremendously per PFF grades pass rating when target like all of that and so i think you know there is a lot of matchup advantages for the niners who will be able to take away the middle of the field with warren and hufunga and force the raiders to be, beat them elsewhere which i just don't think they can anymore given this, the state of their roster and how Derek carr is playing so i definitely like uh niners in this spot yeah dallas um is also 11-4 they play obviously a huge uh, favorite in tennessee on thursday night so you assume dallas has already won in week 18 the Niners host the Cardinals the Cowboys go to play the Commanders so you know there is a, a very legit path there uh, Minnesota has Green Bay this week too so yeah yeah so uh yeah so a uh, lot still to play for I, I was it was interesting thinking about how well Brock Purdy has played you mentioned no weaknesses for the 49ers if Jimmy G is healthy uh would you go to Jimmy G or would you stick with Brock Purdy Arjun I'm go. I mean, I'm going back to Jimmy G. Um, it's so tough though, because I, I think like in the playoffs, you do want the veteran guy. Like you're not going to be going against like you're going to be going against guys who like are going to be able to s- scheme against Purdy's weaknesses. Like if at this point, if there is any, <laughs> um, but I think with Jimmy, you kind of have like the. <laughs> I don't see any. <laughs> with Jimmy, you have the history of him. Like kind of like I, I know like QB wins isn't a thing, but like he 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 hasn't been like awful in the playoffs. I feel like, and with Purdy, I feel like it's a mystery box. And if you're Shanahan, you want to go with the sure thing because your defense will be able to win you games um, against a pretty bad quarterback room in the NFC, maybe outside of Dak. So I, I would go back to Jimmy G who I think is more suited for that game manager role than, than Purdy, but it, it's very close. And I think if Purdy has a very strong close to the season, um, you know, we could see that being a very difficult decision, but I don't really see, I, I don't really think it's it's wise to ro- roll with Purdy in the playoffs this year. If- I will say Jimmy G, and I just pulled this up while we were talking. Uh, in his last six playoff games, which is two you know runs to the championship game, he's gone over 250 passing yards zero times. Gone under 200 passing yards four of the six games. Obviously, these are playoff teams and all that. Last year, he won his first two games with under 200 yards and a pick and no touchdowns in the first two games. So I agree with you. I do. Um, but there's a case to be made for Brock Purdy, I think. Brad, he was playing without the use of the right side of his body, which, by the way, he was still able to beat uh, Aaron Rodgers with. Just, just to be extremely sorry, clear. I didn't mean to come. Out, I didn't mean to come uh, at your boy like that. Don't, don't, don't. Mess beautiful, with beautiful boy. <laughs> don't mess with Jimmy. All right, Jets Seahawks. This in Seattle. Uh, I have this as a pick. Mike White, by the way, is going to be back. Reports by Jay Glazer are that the Jets are going to part with Zach Wilson next off season before we guess this the the spread here it, brad this feels on this is like so t- correct me if i'm wrong here but this feels like even worse than like J- jamarcus russell right I mean, this guy's the number two overall pick getting rid of the number two overall pick parting ways with him in the off season after his second season you know you, you basically have to go to J- josh rosen as like the other semi-comparable but josh rosen was what the third or fourth quarterback taken yeah yeah tenth overall yeah you had the first pick so you went with kyler there this feels entirely different and there's got to be some i mean there's there's got to be some stories here about this because i like right 
No, I think with that, I, I could not agree more. It's It maybe has a case for the worst draft pick of all time. Because, like, Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell, it's like, all right, yeah, look, they had other issues. It was not football. Zach Wilson, by all accounts, is showing up to meetings and trying to be good at football. He just can't do it. So I think it almost makes it even worse that you just – your eval was so off and then your development of him has been, you know, non-existent. Or it's probably his fault more than the development. But, yeah, it's it's brutal. And I, how could you go back to him? The fans are booing him every time he steps on the field. The team hates him. I mean, you don't really have a choice. So are you going to cut him? I think they're going to cut him or you just trade him. You, you'll get – someone will give you, as you know, every team, oh, we can fix this guy. We'll bring him in, yada, yada. Here's my actually hot take, by the way. Battle of the Wilsons in Denver next offseason. Bring in wow. Zach. Get him and Russ together. They both get him out west, you know, very religious, very faithful, try to just start the whole thing over from mm-hmm. scratch. I think you have a Wilson off in Denver. That's my call. I There's got to be some story written about, like, what Zach Wilson is doing to piss people off because I, I just think that it, otherwise you just, like, you keep him, I don't know, you give him a shot or something. Like, he's got to be doing something. I don't think it's anything – like missing meetings or anything like that, but there's going to be some story written about what he's doing. Maybe it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something, but he looks like he's 12 years old, which makes it harder to kind of like figure out what terrible thing he could be doing. Like the worst thing that you can imagine Zach Wilson doing is spending hours recording TikToks in Hollywood. Um, I think it could be the Marcus Mariota, the infamous, he had no red flags, which therefore was a red flag. It's the greatest hard knocks quote of all time. I forget which Dallas Cowboys coach he said, but a man with no vices is not a man you can trust. And I think maybe Zach Wilson falls into that bucket. We just couldn't get him out of the the mom's book club. You know, you're just spending way too much time there. That's his vice. uh, Yeah, that's his vice. That's his vice. Uh, All right, Jets, Seahawks. I had this as a pick. Um, Brad, you had the Seahawks getting a point and a half, and Arjun, you had them getting two and a half, which is on the money. Mike White going east coast to west coast off of, like, shattered ribs is getting a lot of respect here, a lot of respect. Um, I love the the Seahawks as a teaser here, Um, and uh, as much as I love Mike White, I think getting eight and a half points at home I think the Seahawks still have, you know, an outside shot here, but more than anything, it's kind of, you know, pride on a season that is sort of, you know, getting away from them. Um, and Gino obviously still playing for, you know, a shot at, at, uh, at that job. Um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and, and fade a little bit of the Mike White noise here. Um, Arjun, let me go to you. What are you doing? Um, I think, I mean, it depends what you do. If you're going to, if you tease the Seahawks, like I feel like we're not on opposite sides. I do like the Jets in the spot at two and a half. Um, since week 11, Seattle's averaging a negative 0.05 EPA per play. Um, Gino, Gino, uh, who had a tremendous start to the season since week 11, has uh, only averaged like a 0.04 EPA per drop back in this, uh, in this time span. No Tyler Lockett, I think is big for the, for the um, Seahawks in the spot because Sauce Gardner, by all accounts, in my opinion, is the best cornerback in the NFL right now. I don't think, I really don't think anyone's playing at his level in terms of consistency before the catch point and at the catch point. He only allowed one catch to Evan Engram on a crossing route. And again, like those type of mesh routes, like you don't, you get beat on like every once in a while, but you stick him on DK Metcalf and just take him away for the whole game. And who who else is going to get open for the Seahawks, right? Like that's my big question. And on the other side of the ball, I think Mike LaFleur has been pretty good this year and Zach Wilson just misses guys like that. He schemes open. The Seahawks defense is putrid. Like they can't really stop anyone. Um, and I know they, the chiefs didn't really have that great of a game offensively, but I feel like it was one of those Andrew games instead of Andy, where he wasn't showing any of his good plays to a bad team. So I like the, I, I like the, the jets in the spot. They are playing basically for their playoff lives. I think Salah will have the boys ready and I think Mike White is the type of quarterback who can take advantage of the Seahawks, uh, like linebackers in coverage and, and some of their weaker points by you know just hitting the guys that are open instead of like trying to force some big plays against a, a pretty bad defense. Yeah, yeah I think we also got a shout out. Uh, he was half right on this. Uh, this is weeks ago, but Tej was saying we should look into maybe fading teams like Seattle has a bunch of rookies that are going to hit the rookie wall. And then the second half, which was wrong, was maybe the Buccaneers will get good because they're old and uh, <laughs> they're greased, they're greasing the wheels. But on the one point, you look at the tackle play from Charles Cross and, and Lucas Abram. Um, it's I mean they've not fallen off a cliff, but they have not been the same players they were 
uh, throughout the entire season before that. And, and I think it's really impacted Geno Smith. The run game is kind of not really there as well. I would lean Jets here. I'm afraid to actually bet it because, like, yeah, Mike White's ribs are probably still fractured. I'm sure he's wearing, like, a Kevlar vest or whatever. I lean Jets. I'm afraid to bet him. Um, but I think, yeah, the matchups, like you said, the, the match such, I think, in favor of the Jets. The pass rush, the corners, like you said. We saw with that locket how Geno kind of struggled. Um, I'm just afraid to pull the trigger. Yeah, I'm going to with that. Um, Minnesota, Green Bay. This uh, is h- hilarious to me. Um, Minnesota has already clinched the division. Uh, maybe that's part of the reason that the spread is the way it is. But um, Minnesota, by all accounts, has had such a better year uh, than the Green Bay Packers. They are in Green Bay. Um, I have Green Bay as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So did Brad. Arjun, you had them as a two-point favorite. They were a full three-point favorite against the Minnesota Vikings, which I hope that Vikings fans take as an offense because I think that's what is it, it is intended to be. Now, the Green Bay Packers obviously have to win uh, this game. They have to win out pretty much to get uh, into the playoffs. Minnesota does not have to do that. They've clinched the division, but they still have things to play for, right? Like they can still wrap up this, the second seed. Um, that would be valuable, uh, certainly, uh, going forward in the playoffs. So it's not as if they are going to be resting starters uh, here in this game. Uh, they're a full field goal uh, uh, underdog to Green Bay. I'm laying off this one. Like I was actually kind of hoping that it would be, I don't know, one, one and a half, and I could bet Green Bay, but at the full three, I'm not going to. Um, uh, Brad, Arjun, what about you guys? Yep, I'm jumping in here on a play. It's a system play at this point. Uh, it's the Vikings overs, right. and they just, they're just they just hard to stop betting. So in this matchup specifically, looks like 47. As of right now, the weather seems to be fine. It's going to be cold, but cold now it matters. It's wind and snow and sleet and all that stuff. So doesn't the forecast has none of that. But then also, I mean, the Vikings are 26 in e-paper play allowed. And the Packers are 22nd. I, like They're both very, very bad defenses. No one in Green Bay is going to do anything to Justin Jefferson. I do want to see a good prognosis for Christian Watson. He's day-to-day right now with a hip flexor, but I think he's going to be fine. I know it's a late-season, divisional game, all those things, but I think they're going to score a whole lot of points. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with Brad. I kind of like the over in this spot. Um, I, I do think it's funny, like, so so Packers are favored in this game. Vikings, pretty much all their wins are one score. I think they're 11-0 in one-score games, and all their losses have not been one score. So – you know, a play here could literally just be like either you take the Vikings straight up on the money line or you're taking the Packers alts like six and a, minus six and a half, minus five and a mm-hmm. half at plus money. Because like I, I know, like obviously, like those type of like trends are obviously don't matter here. But um, I mean, again, like this game, I, I think will be kind of close um, just because those are how the Vikings games go. But I, I agree with that. I think it's going to be a whole lot of offense. Um, I think Jair is like kind of played better this year, but I still don't think there's anyone in the world that's stopping Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So I- I'm going to ride with Brad. I'm saying I'm going to add the over 47 to my bet list. Yeah, I like that one quite a bit. I mean, I think there's a case to be made for the Vikings getting three in, in this game, as as crazy as that sounds. Um, and and to your point, Arjun, that would be that would be the reason. Um, Rams Chargers <laughs> battle of L.A. kind of um, in. Uh, obviously, in SoFi, the Chargers technically are the home team here for whatever the hell that is worth, which is not a whole lot. I had the Chargers favored by eight and a half, Brad by five and a half, and Arjun, your Chargers, you had them favored by six. It is six and a half. I'm the biggest discrepancy here. Um, my, my thinking was really that, you know, the Rams beating the crap out of the Denver Broncos, who were just self destructing on national television before our eyes doesn't really matter a whole lot and um you know on the fit like in reality the rams do stink um to high heaven um six and a half is a lot that is asking a lot for the chargers um to to actually cover um but i'm gonna roll with it i i like the chargers in the spot this is a gonna be a big game um for them uh coming off of hope i would you think a a win against the colts um so i'm gonna roll with the chargers here uh, Arjun Brad, what about you guys? Yeah, so I mean, look, I it's it's weird because um, when I when my parents booked this trip back in September, I told them like, hey, like I'll come with you to India for a couple of days, but I, I need to be back, you know, on, on New Year's for this game because New Year's is my birthday, and I was going to be at this game, um, you know, and I thought at the time in September this would be like Chargers and Rams fighting for the division, fighting for a mm-hmm. playoff spot, and then 
you know, Rams just completely imploded. So, uh, you know, I, I will be at this game. So I, I hope it's a good game. But I don't think the Chargers should be getting more than a, a touchdown to like any any team. Honestly, they their only one non one score win has been the Houston Texans, which, you know, that that's just kind of sad. But that's just the state of the Chargers at this point. They just don't really, you know, put up enough offensive points to to kind of cover these big spreads. I, I think like not. I think getting the hook at six and a half is is probably you know a good play, point. But if it gets out to seven, I do like the Rams to kind of keep it close. Um, on New Year's. So you've been in the coming... building, uh, as always, changes the variables yeah. a little bit, but uh, I, I would wait till seven as well. If it does get to a full touchdown, I think I would take the Rams. Yes, the game against Denver was not something we should be drawing large conclusions from, but that's a t- defense fifth in EPA per play that Baker Mayfield was just carving. Uh, I will say, like, I think the battle for LA, I think it's like Raiders Bears would be the actual battle for. I don't That's, that's mm. who lives in LA and roots for football. I don't know if it's Chargers Rams. Yeah, I'm actually I'm coming off my play here. It's six and a half is just way too many points for the Chargers to ever be a team by. Um, I feel like I'm going back to like the preseason. Ah, the Chargers are amazing. Um, that feels so long ago. Pittsburgh, Baltimore. This is flexed into Sunday night. Semi meaningful game here. Um, I have Baltimore uh, favored by four, Brad by four and a half, and Arjun by three and a half. It is just three. Um, Brad, first off, is this expected to be Lamar? So John, uh, Jim, John Harbaugh said today he might practice. We don't know. He would like the starter to have multiple practices this week, so it's it's kind of up in the air. This was the game they pegged as the you know the return game. He's missed multiple games now, but I really couldn't tell you with much uh, certainty. Yeah. So I think what you're hoping to do, and my, I would try and get some sort of intel, like kind of see if he's playing, you know, or, or practicing, I should say and then make a play here. I'm going to lay off for now um, just because, you know, with, with Pro Bowl or Snoop Huntley, I'd be a little concerned about covering three. Um, Arjun Brad, what are you guys doing here? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm laying off in this game. I think Steelers' defense has been playing tremendously the past couple of weeks, and like you said, like I don't really have a lot of faith in Tyler Huntley to kind of like lead this offense without a true receiver, wide receiver one to, to anything. So I think it can go any way, but I'm, I'm laying off. Yeah, I'm laying off as well. Buffalo, Cincinnati. Best game of the weekend is on Monday night. This one in Cincinnati. Really big game. Uh, Cincinnati came through after uh, many, many, many really unlucky plays and then got a very lucky one with the Ramondre Stevenson fumble. Managed to cover three and a half, push the four that we had. Uh, about a week and a day ago on our Sunday iPod, but covered the lock of the week number at three and a half. Um, I have Cincinnati getting two and a half. Brad, you had them favored by one. Arjun, you had this as a pick. It is actually Cincy uh, plus one. Um, so, uh, look, I, I think there's a case to be made for Buffalo here. I also think there's a real strong case to be made for Cincy as a teaser. I kind of wanted to see what you guys were thinking, though, because um, I, I feel like there's there's some value to be had somewhere here, and we just got to figure out where it is. Yeah, I'm doing a, an Ohio teaser. So we talked Browns earlier. I'm teasing them with the Bengals up here. I, the Bengals do have some injuries. Cam Taylor-Britt, another corner, went down in the Patriots game. I think he should be okay for this game, though. Um, I just love the matchup of the interior of the offensive line for Buffalo has had several injuries now. DJ Reader has been a nightmare for opposing offensive lines. And, and I think they're going to you know, create enough pressure and, and, and issues up front to make it a little bit frustrating for Josh Allen. I just love this to me is a game where whoever's the ball last probably wins by one score. And, and I just think getting Cincy above a touchdown is, is the play here. Also, Buffalo, real quick, Buffalo is the team, I think, is still in Chicago as we speak and is flying home from Chicago like tonight. Uh, so that oh, maybe nice. is a little bit of a factor as well. That sold me. There you go. I'm in on the Cincy teaser. Arjun, you joining us? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll add it as a teaser leg. I think the thing was, like, it's weird because Cincy's like the hottest team in all of football right now, I think. Like, they've mm. covered it. Like, they're the best ATS team in the league, like, they, they've been playing, like, really good football. Joe Burrow was nails in that Patriots game for a large portion of it, and he should have had another dime to Trenton Irwin, who dropped a, a, a butte right over the middle. Um, but 
I think I think Buffalo matches up well, especially on offense. I know Brad took my interior offensive line point right out of, out of my mouth, but I think I do worry about the Bills on defense a little bit. Um, you know, I don't really know if they have the Hawks to kind of like stop uh, Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, who have all been playing really good ball, and Irwin's been a reliable wide receiver for mm-hmm. surprisingly. So I think if I was to pick a side, it would be the Bengals, like straight up on the money line. But I do like them as a teaser leg. And I think, like Brad said, it's going to be whoever has the ball last. Well, Collins' injury for Cincy is frust- is concerning. He was much better the last couple of weeks. He started off very slow. I think he was injured. Yeah. He was playing better football, now out for the year. Um, but I think they can overcome that, you know, to a degree. All right. As usual, we will write up our favorite plays. Those will be on PFF.com and the PFF app for you guys to check out. We are about an hour or so from kickoff in Indy. Hopefully all members of the press have a profitable Monday night football. Um, We talked about that earlier in the pod. So if you missed that, you joined us live, go back and watch that part with Ben Brown. Uh, Arjun, travel safe. Uh, I can't believe that you're coming back from India just to see Chargers Rams, but that's uh, that's dedication. Dedication right there. Enjoy the morning football. Yeah. Uh, members of the press thank you so much for hanging out hope you guys had a wonderful holiday we'll be back normal time uh, on Wednesday love you peace